Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. As the Nationals are a strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, great crossover. Got him. That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to episode 112 of the DC Crossover. I am Ben Simpson. That is Mike Cerrone. Glad to have you with us on another Monday evening, or maybe you're listening to this on Tuesday morning. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, be sure to check out all of our social media accounts. Again, at the DC Crossover on Twitter and at Cerrone16 for Mike's account. And then, of course, the TikTok has been a, a, a buzz, Mike. I mean, we're getting. Buzz. I, I mean, here's the thing it's like, I know a lot of people that, you know, your dumb friends and stuff that will post like a video on TikTok and it like it gets like two likes and no comments and that's how our videos were for a little bit but now mike's kind of taken the reins and thrown up the hashtags and all that stuff i mean i saw a video today of ours that had like seven comments on it. i mean like people are actually engaging with the tiktok so uh throw out the throw out the tiktok again so if you want to follow us on tiktok at dc crossover podcast you can definitely check that out uh, obviously we changed the handle from when it was a ton of hashtags it basically was <laughs> underscores hash- right <laughs> oh yeah that's right that's right sorry yeah, yeah. Uh, underscores <laughs> it, was, it was underscore central there for oh, a man. second it because they wouldn't allow me to do something but now apparently it's all available so definitely at dc crossover podcast you can check that out and We've been definitely getting some numbies, which is nice. Um, you know, I told Ben that we'll start doing a little bit more of like reactions and different things of that nature, um, kind of teasers also of what we're doing on the show. Not every single week, but obviously, if something affects us, then we can you know post it and then see what you guys think. Um, you know, I posted a quick reaction slash teaser uh, for what we're going to be talking about in this episode, and that has over 400 uh, views already as well. 
but we did get some uh, some some feedback on the uh, the DC trivia question, right. which was I last that, week. Yeah. That was nice. <laughs> Um, and uh, we're getting some likes, which is nice, and we're, we're, we're getting out there. So we're getting some steady numbers. A lot of the last 11 or so posts have gotten around the same amount of views, uh, you know, within like 40 of right. each other. So it's pretty crazy how, uh, how it's kind of – Kind of, kind of rode the rode the bumps a little bit. There was about three or four videos in there that were like twenty views, and I was like, <laughs> "This is kind of odd." Uh, but now they're getting really, you know, really comfortable there in that uh, th- that good range. So right now, hopefully, we're just trying to get. Uh, you know, more likes and different things like that. I think TikTok is more about the likes than the follows, yeah. um, mainly because of the sole fact that everyone knows if you start following people on TikTok, then your feed, your For You page starts to get bloated with all these people that you're following and different things like that. And then you're like, well, I want to see other stuff. So I don't really follow that many people on my personal one, even though I don't post on there. But for us, I only follow like, you know, you know, DC sports accounts and then some other people like betting accounts and stuff like and a that. A couple dancing girls, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, throw those in there. Throw those in there too. <laughs> that um, is but, like TikTok is like 25% women dancing, uh 25% like clips from like movies and TV shows and right, with right. weird like uh subtitles on them or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh and then there's like another 25% of like weird stuff, like real weird stuff. Like there's guys like like locked in a shed like recording a video of himself like crying <laughs> or something you're like what the hell's going on and then like the other 25 percent are like podcasts you know like people taking clips and videos of their podcasts and that sort of stuff right. um so it's good to be in that 25 percent. but there's i was trying yeah there's some I, was weird trying to, stuff I, I, there. I was trying to get a good plethora and that's why i said let's start doing you know a few reactions here or yeah. there obviously we'll do a couple just tiktok to, dances you know yeah yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah. Just, just just to throw those in there a little bit and right. uh kind of kind of kind of diversify the palette here for a little while uh but overall i mean so far it's uh it's looking pretty good for the numbies and uh hopefully those numbies look good enough for uh some of the uh sponsorships that we're going to be talking True. about here soon which is uh, gonna be gonna be gonna be big. Gonna be big here. Yeah, it's gonna be a big <laughs> summer for the show, and 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 we'll use a couple more minutes of housekeeping here. Is um, you know, a couple things. One, uh, this week will be the very first episode of season two of Bird's Eye View with Erica McCall. True stories of professional basketball. Um, if for those who have been longtime fans, uh, she did season one with us last uh, last year, I guess. Um, and I think it was eight episodes. Really went over well. It was focused more on overseas basketball basketball this season and the show as a whole is going to be focused on just professional basketball in general not just overseas focused uh and yeah first episode drops on wednesday morning um so you'll be able to catch that show in a couple different ways you'll be able to actually catch it if you already follow and subscribe to this show you'll get that episode we're going to release it on our feed you're going to get that episode but if you don't mind go throw a subscribe over to bird's eye view uh podcast as well because uh, there's going to be some content that's going to be on our feed sometimes and on Erica's feed sometimes, and so it's best to just follow both. Um, but yeah, that's coming up on Wednesday, and then Mike and I were talking about this before the show, is this summer, we are going to be doing the DC crossover off-season. Uh, for those 
again, who've been with us for a while, know that we like to mix it up doing like drafts and food stuff during the summertime because baseball's the only sport going and the Nats are terrible. Uh, so this summer we're going to have some fun. We're going to do some drafts, have some get special guests on the show, doing some uh, food stuff. It's going to be a blast. I will start in the first week of June. Uh, and I'll run through basically the end of August, and that'll be the DC crossover off season. Same show. You don't have to go subscribe to anything else. It'll be right here. Um, but it's just going to be a little more loose. Mike's going to be giving us some uh, uh, seltzer hard or seltzer review of the week, I guess, <laughs> something like that. Uh, yeah, so that's so, going to be so good. That, yeah, yeah. You mentioned it to me that I should probably do that, and I don't, I don't mind going down the seltzer aisle at Total Wine and More and getting a nice, you know, four or five pack. I mean, there's six so pack, whatever many. The heck it is. Seltzer brands now. I mean, think back. Yeah. Think back like like three years ago, there was not that many White seltzer Claw, brands. Truly. That was that was it. <laughs> that was it. And now it's exploded. Like I think twenty twenty because everybody was like inside and drinking because that's all yeah. we could do. I think like twenty twenty the the seltzer game just exploded. Like every major beer company suddenly had a seltzer, and then you had all these other like you know smaller breweries be like, all right, we need a seltzer too. I mean, I know Aslan Brewery and Herndon and things like that. They've got a couple seltzers on their menu. I've, I haven't had one, um, but because it's like you know, I'm, a, I'm if I'm at Aslan, I'm gonna get their their beers. I mean, that's what <laughs> they're known for. But I know they've got a couple different seltzers there. I feel like it's like a requirement now. Like if you right. make alcohol, it's like you got to have a couple seltzers because they're just a great summer time drink for sure i i i think honestly how and i think i pioneered this because i was the first one i believe and sure. i'm gonna stand by that right that when covid the lockdown was happening i practiced smart drinking because i sure. think when the covid whole entire lockdown and everything like that was happening everyone was sitting there just slugging beers and 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 doing all this different bad drinking to the point where when you can't go to the gym or when you can't you know, work or when you can't do different things, you're not getting a lot of movement. It's usually like that situation where you look at your Fitbit or you look at your phone health app and all that stuff, and it says right. like 72 steps, and you're like, it's been yeah, a whole day. That's right. That's <laughs> you know, right. Probably me today. I was in bed quite a lot today because I wasn't feeling well. Uh, no, I've got 3,862 oh, okay. steps. So, no, that's, you, got, that's not... you, got, you got Lucy there, right? Uh, not during the day. Well, she's oh. she's downstairs. Uh, oh. Not by herself, yeah. but yeah. I, <laughs> no, no, no. I just meant I worked from home doing today, the dishes, uh, and I was in bed for most of the day. And right. So you, I thought I would only have like seven hundred steps, but I know exactly what you're talking about, especially so smart back drinking. in the pandemic when you it's couldn't smart leave drinking. the house. You know, because you because you get it. And this is my thing, anyways. Now is yeah. you have to have for smart drinking. The definition of, of smart drinking is. Have a couple mixers. It's not that many calories. Not a lot of sugar, depending on obviously what mixers you're using. Right, right. You know, that's key. You got to use Coke Zero. Mm-hmm. You got to use Diet Coke. You got to do something like that. That's my go-to, Captain and Coke. But I do the Coke Zero bit and all that kind of stuff. And then you polish it off with the Celsius. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. Yes, they are 100 calories, but they aren't. They don't have carbs in them most of the time. They don't have sugars in them most of the time. At least one or two grams of sugar is nothing. No. Uh, and and that, that's the biggest thing. And they got some flavor to them. It's oh, not like you're delicious. just slugging a Budweiser down, <laughs> which is Budweiser is the first ever beer I drank, and I was like about to puke my brains out, even yeah. though I was younger younger at the time. But it's like it's funny though because that's the smarter drinking. And now since the co- uh, the, the COVID lockdown, they have been creating, like you said, all these seltzers. Every business, Corona, Bud right. Light, Truly, White Claw. I mean, I went down the seltzer aisle, and because Total Wine and More was out of the 30 rack of Truly Lemonades, my favorite and your favorite. Mm-hmm. Because they were out, I ended up saying, you know what? 
I'm gonna, obviously I dabbled in the clearance section, uh, but at the same time, I ended up saying, you know what, I'm going to try some new ones. So I did get two robbers, three birds, a lot of numbers apparently in these right. seltzer names. That's the, that's the key. <laughs> I got a lot of different types. Uh, there's also one from Victory. Uh, the Victory Brewing Company, I think that's might be in Sterling. I'm not exactly sure. I th- I've heard of it before, um, but I, I tried some of these, and some of them are good. Some of them are bad. I mean, there nothing compares to the Truly Lemonades, but yeah. at the same time, I mean, this is not that bad. This is not that bad. It's gonna it's gonna do the job, but at the same time, you look at it, and it, that's what you call smart drinking. Start with the hard stuff. And with the night Celsius, and you have a nice three birds right here, and uh, they're not—I don't even know where they're located, so they can't be a sponsor of the show. <laughs> Doctor Mike, Doctor Mike, everybody, giving you the advice. Get on it. Smart drinking. Uh, let's hit the rewind uh, machine and uh, talk about the previous week in DC sports. Uh, in case you missed any of these games, we'll start with the Washington Nationals. Uh, an- another lackluster week for them. 12-24 now on the season, still last place in the NL East, where they will probably be all season long. Uh, Tuesday lost to the Mets 4-2. The Nats were actually up 2-0 after five innings of work because Corbin did a pretty nice job. Five innings, three hits, no earned runs. Um, but uh, the Mets score three in the sixth off of Carl Edwards Jr., who the Nats signed this past offseason. And that's issue seven walks and make two errors in this game. You're not going to win baseball games if you do that. Uh, Wednesday, the Nats actually beat the Mets 8-3. to uh, Soto and Cruz both homered in this one. Aaron Sanchez uh, threw five and a third, allowed three runs in this one. Pretty good day for him. Thursday, Nats uh, lost to the Mets 4-1. Really bad base running by now. You've probably seen the clip of uh, Soto ground ball. Soto's at the second. He goes on a ground ball to the left side when he probably shouldn't. He gets tagged out on the play, and then Bell comes like right up behind him, and he gets tagged out. I mean, just disgusting base running. Uh, and Yoan Adone walks five of the first ten batters he faces. Uh, it's a disaster at Nats Park these days. Uh, and then the next series, Friday, the Nats lose to the Astros 6-1. to one. Jose Altuve homers on the very first pitch of the game. Uh, Josiah Gray, rough one for a kid. Six innings, six earned runs, five Ks, two walks. Saturday, a little bit of uh, fun for the Nats. They win 13-6 over the Astros. Uh, Yadiel and Michael Franco both homer, and the Nats end the Astros' 11-game win streak. And then Sunday, I watched all of this one on Sunday. It was a rough one, 8-0 Astros win. Game was actually pretty close to the first three, four innings, and then Corbin, I think it's starting in like the fifth or sixth, started giving up runs here at left and right, home runs. I mean, Guriel, Altuve, Maldonado, McCormick, all homered for the Astros. Uh, JV, Justin Verlander, threw five scoreless, coming off of his almost no-hitter the other uh, last game. And the Nats have lost all eight of Patrick Corbin's starts. Now, pitching <laughs> losses, you can't always pin them all on the pitcher because, like, you need your offense to do something. But 8 nothing, you can pin a lot of this on the pitcher there. Uh, let's move on to the Caps as they wrapped up their season here this past week, Mike. So the Washington Capitals finished their season losing to the Florida Panthers 4-2 to in the series after being up 2-1. to Last three games, honestly, had to be heartbreakers. I mean, that's all you can say is you can't really say, oh, what, what a disappointing season and all that kind of stuff. You have to say that the last three were heartbreakers that we had in the past week. Game four, the Caps lose 3-2 to in overtime after being up by one goal. Honestly, they shouldn't have been up by one goal. Ilya Samsonov had a great game, uh, but he got beaten 
on a uh, six on five at that point with 204 remaining in the third to send things to OT. Uh, Verhage scores a second goal of the game. He must be the player of the series. He was on fire yep. uh, later in the series. Uh, and he scored with 4.57 into overtime. Panthers outshot the Caps in that game, 32-16, to 16, so doubling them up. And Kuzi and Oshie scored for the Caps. Uh, really beautiful goals, but at the same time, you know, if, if you can't hold the lead late, then, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Game five, they lost 5-3 to three after being up 3 to nothing. How many times are we going to say the Caps had the lead? worst losses I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They, had, they were up 3 nothing. About I think it was about 12 minutes left or mm-hmm. so. In the second period, uh, Verhage once again he sets a Panthers franchise playoff record, which is not that big of a, a, a playoff record because sure. the Panthers suck. Uh, but the Panthers franchise playoff record with five point night, two goals and three assists. Florida races a three nothing Caps lead, as I just mentioned, uh, about midway through the third. So that was unfortunate. Oshie scored twice. Justin Schultz scored as well. Kuzi with two assists. So Oshie and Kuzi were showing up. Uh, but then you look at Game Six the other night. Lost four to three. They were up two to one at the, at one point. Ended up scoring with 103 left in regulation. What a what a play that was! Like, that you was have to insane. give him props for that. That was yeah. insane. Your, your boy Anthony Mantha ended <laughs> yeah. up smacking it out of the air. Which, by the way, he has one of the best looking uh, hockey sticks I, I think I've yeah. seen. It's like straight white with like chrome on it. It's it's, it's awesome. legit. It's awesome. Uh, but they scored. He smacked it out of the air. Then TJ Oshie was basically fighting for it, uh, and that was uh, that was pretty crazy. But Tom Wilson missed. His fifth straight game. So, honestly, I'm hoping, even though the season's over, I'm hoping that Wilson's injury is not a long-term thing. Uh, we shall see. I, I think they're going to start releasing some more info here in the next week. But overall, the Caps, unfortunate, unfortunate. We will talk about it here soon. But moving on to a team that I actually tuned into on Saturday, DC United. Well, I kind of kind of lucked into it. I saw it on TV. <laughs> but DC United, who uh, who had a decent game against Miami coming back. Yeah, it was uh, a, a fun week for, for D.C. United, again, as they continue to play well in MLS play. Now, they did play a non-MLS game, the U.S. Open Cup, uh, this past week, I think on Tuesday last week. Lost to the New York Red Bulls. New York's pretty good. You lose 3 nothing. Non-MLS, you'd, you'd like to make a run at a cup, but whatever. Uh, but the game that mattered was this one, where they were down 2 nothing, and they rally and they tie it up against Inter-Miami and pick up a point. Um, Taxi scored. Ola Kamara score. Those are basically the two studs of this team this year. Taxi's just been on fire. I mean, that's, I think, three straight games with goals. Unbelievable there. Um, so DC United now four wins, one tie, five losses on the season right now. Um, so, you know, it's, it's fun. It, every now and then, especially now, Mike, with, like, hockey being done and basketball and all. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. yeah, you got the NBA playoffs, but it's not like our, any of our teams are in it. Um, you can <laughs> throw on a DC United game every now and then. Um, let's uh, move on in talk. Just briefly, we wanted to touch on the commander schedule release. We are the commander. Now, we're not going to do the bit where we, like, try to predict the record. Like, oh, right. they're going to go, uh, you know, eight and whatever. Like, we're not going to do that. Um but too early for that. <laughs> it's way, way too early. I mean, we don't even know, like, yeah, there's just so many un- un- unknowns right now. But um, I-, I did want to at least get some impressions of this schedule and kind of any particular games, um, you know, sticking out to you. Obviously, the, the two that um, are, in my eyes, the-, the biggest, or not necessarily biggest, but most interesting to me is the Carson Wentz return to Indy in week eight. 
And, of course, you know, Carson Wentz returning to Philly uh, for Monday Night Football in Week 10, um, which is going to be uh, – both both those games, I think, are going to be pretty fun to watch. And I would love to see Wentz just carve it up against the Eagles on the road. Um, right, and, of right. course, my Detroit Lions Week 2, uh, the Commanders on the road in Detroit uh, on uh, 1 p.m. game that, that game. So those were kind of the three games that mainly stuck out to me. Any Anything on your end that you were like, all right, this is, this is a, a, a game to circle on the calendar? Uh, the game to circle on the calendar, obviously you mentioned it with Indy and Philly. Also, I think late in the season, one thing to look at is San Francisco. Is Trey Lance going to do anything? Is Jimmy G still going to be there? You know, yada, 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 because I think both teams at that point are going to possibly be fighting for playoff spots. It's also kind of weird how we have New York, bye week New York. I just don't understand <laughs> how t- two years in a row, I think last year we played five division games in the last seven weeks. Something like, it's like, it's kind of weird how they're doing this uh, scheduling aspect, but it's also kind of, kind of cool that you're looking at the schedule and it's, you know, home away, home away, home away, home away. It's like alternating every single week. But also if you're looking at it, this actually could spell uh, a, a good, uh, you know, omen here for our boy Carson Wentz, because if you're looking at some of the away games, he's playing at Indy, which is indoors at Detroit, indoors okay he also has houston indoors right dallas indoors at least once so you're, you're looking a lot of these away games they're indoors so you're also looking at some of the games obviously versus cleveland that might be you know difficult uh in dallas uh in january who knows what the weather's gonna be like then but in December, on Christmas Eve, you're in San Francisco. Weather should be pretty decent for the most part in California, I would say. A lot better than where it, what it's going to be here. Uh, but you're seeing a lot of the games have a chance for him to be successful because they're indoors with a controlled climate. We always hear that you know, from Jared Goff. Like, oh, is Jared Goff going to do anything because of the weather or whatever? They said the same thing about Drew Brees. They said the same thing about Matt Ryan. Like, all these players that were playing inside domes, uh, same thing with Peyton Manning. They said the same thing about him. So I don't know if Carson Wentz is really on that level, but I think to succeed the most, I think that being indoors, climate controlled, you know, turf field, you know, great stadium or whatever, I think that's going to be a really uh, good omen for him, especially the teams that we play uh, at, at home are going to be somewhat easy. I mean, you got Jacksonville on the schedule. They're not that great. Uh, you're at Chicago in this sense, Tennessee without AJ Brown. We'll see how Derrick Henry fares after coming off his injury. So you're, you're looking at some of these, uh, some of these games. And I think that we really have a great shot um, to get, you know, if, as long as we come out, the problem is that we always come out and we always play down to our competition, yeah. uh, which is unfortunate. Like, you know, we have a Thursday night football game against Chicago in Chicago, are, are we really gonna, you know, play down to Chicago's level? Let's be honest here. That's you know, week six. So, by the way, I do like. I think I heard this that um, I don't know if it's Mike Tirico and Kirk Herbstreit are on the Amazon Prime games. Uh, huh. I know Kirk Herbstreit is on the Prime games, which is Thursday night. Uh, but I'm not exactly sure who his partner is. I think I thought it was. Looks like it would Mike, be Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. Al Michaels. Al Michaels. Oh, nice. But yeah. I, I like Kirk Herbstreit. I like. Sure, I love no, him. I like I him a lot too. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see how he does in NFL games. But I think. I mean, he knows a lot of these guys, anyways. But I think it's gonna be fun to watch. But I feel uh, like they had him. him. Did they have him fill in? Was it last season? He did he, do something. He, he did, did do something. I feel like he did because I feel like there was a game. A night where like the main crew was on a different game, or there was something, and I feel like Kirk yeah. and uh, Steve Levy or whoever does like 
I don't know, someone who 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 also does the college stuff, I feel like they they filled in and they did a pretty good job and I feel like everybody was pretty positive about it. So Right. Uh, yeah, and they they got the new ESPN crew obviously with right. Aikman and uh and uh and Buck. So yeah, uh, we'll see a lot about of shuffling. that. But, it's kinda crazy. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. You like forget all about the broadcaster shuffle until the season starts and you're gonna be like, Oh man, like right. all these guys are in all these different places. I mean, especially Buck being not on Fox anymore. So that's it's gonna but, be but I, think, I, I think honestly that indie game is gonna be the game to watch because yeah. yes, we have we're, he's playing Philly, you know, week three. But I think the indie game at that point in time you're gonna see, you know, seven games before that. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna see what record we have at that point. Where we're stand, where we are in the standings and all that kind of stuff, because at that point we have played Dallas, we have played Philly, so we have two division games under our belt, uh, and then obviously you got some other tougher games. Like I said, uh, Tennessee, we'll see how they come out with losing AJ Brown and and Derrick Henry coming off the injury, but then they also got Green Bay without Devontae Adams now. So we'll, we'll have to really see uh, at that point in time what really happens. You also got Kirk Cousins coming back, sure. uh, you know, with Minnesota. Now I'm not exactly sure if he's come back yet. Um, but uh, since he uh, left, but at the same time, sure he has. But at the same time, it's like you got a lot of you know rivalry games that are not really rivalries. Uh, when you right, you have say some it. juice. You have some juice on these games. I mean, that's that, that, juice. That makes you interested in the the one other thing I'll I'll point out is so NFL uh, released their their strength of schedule um, for next season, and the the Commanders have the quote unquote easiest schedule. Them and the Cowboys really? based around opponent win percentage um them and the cowboys both at you know 0.462 or whatever so like um and the eagles right above the cowboys and then the giants right above them so the nfc east apparently has all of these maybe because they play each other i guess <laughs> but they all Could all be. have the easiest schedule plays uh, into it <laughs> according to the opponent win percentage so just something to, something to note there um and the rams of course have the the most difficult schedule Here, here's a funny little tidbit so my buddy the other day uh, he texted me and he's like, yo, let's get some commander tickets. And I'm like, all right, let's look at some games. He's like, I want to watch green Bay and Aaron Rodgers." looking right now. That is the most expensive game to go to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I, if I was going to, I was going to spend my, my money, my shekels on a commander's game. I, I think I'm not going to spend it, spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a nosebleed to watch Aaron Rodgers just tickets as low as 106. Yeah, (laughs) not paying 106 dollars to go to a Commanders game. Yeah, it's just to watch Aaron Rodgers just carve us up. I mean, that and FedEx Field sucks. I'd rather go to RFK. Yeah, and get a get a a piece of concrete. If you're gonna go to Commanders game, pick one of the like one of the crappy games or whatever, and just like go ball out, get some really nice seats for a crappy opponent, or just wait to see if the commanders Atlanta, crap the bed and are bad. New York. You know? Right, right, exactly. So um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the commander's stuff, uh, but we wanted to touch on the schedule release. And then before we get to the caps, which we will spend a little bit of time with, uh, Mike, you found some, uh, was it a Reddit or article or BuzzFeed yes. article? Okay. Yes. Tell, tell me about so, it. So the lay of the land here is that, the other day, I think it was believe I believe it was March 11th was Eat What You Want Day. Okay. Which honestly is they're just making days up now. Yeah, like, I mean that's every oh, day for me. Hey, it's a national day, guys. Eat what you want. Like I, I do that anyways. Yeah, it's so, like what am I doing the 364 <laughs> other days? <laughs> and I and I like it how half the time they have it for literally multiple days. So they're like, "All right, guys, eat what you want day." And you're like, "Wasn't that like 4 weeks ago?" Right. right. Um, <laughs> you know. It's so stupid. So, Reddit ended up making a poll, and people voted on the trashiest foods that are guilty pleasures. Trashiest so are you ready foods for- that are? Hold on, let's get the. Uh, let's see. I think I have some. 
Oh. Game show music here. Oh. Uh, Give me some show music, man. I'm going to take a sip of Three Birds while you're finding there it. There we go. There's some... Lemonade. Here's a little game show music for you. Okay, so these are the worst foods? What is it? No, the trashiest. Trashiest <laughs> foods. Got it. All right. Man, turn that down a little bit. Just, just a yeah. tad. Just a tad. Yeah, I am. Man, that that that, uh, that that whatever musical instrument that I think is blazing in my ears. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, starting with numero diez. Okay. Taco Bell. Trashiest. Okay, I mean, like I get it. I get it. It's yeah. Well, it's, it's basically like your guilty right. pleasure that's right, not right, good right. for you. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That's a good one. Taco Bell is number ten. I, I, I would think it might be even higher, actually. But I okay. thought it would be too, but I think that's more so everyone's guilty pleasure just in general. Sure. I don't think it's. I don't think they're gonna say because some of these are pretty trashy compared to that. So that's number ten. So we. I think Taco Bell is a, is a great choice. I yeah. think that's a great choice. It should I mean, be they a have ten, great items. for sure. So number nine. Potinos, pizza rolls, and bagel bites. Okay, I like bagel bites. I'm not a giant pizza rolls guy. Oh, dude, I had those for dinner on Saturday. There you go. <laughs> I like the I like the bagel bites. Bagel bites were always my thing. I I, I can devour a sheet of pan filled with them, and you just like pop them in your mouth because they're so small. You just go pop 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 pop, and then oh jeez, uh, I love like it. I I, so the key is you don't do the microwave. <laughs> Sounds bit. like a Gatlin gun. Well, yeah, because you don't you don't do the microwave bit because it will get too like soft. You want it to have some structure yeah. to it, so you got to go in the oven. Even if you're hungry and you're like, man, I don't want to have to preheat the oven and wait for that and do this, it's worth it because it's got a little crisp to it, and then it's got the soft melted cheese on the top, and you just kill Dude. like 55 of them, and then you oh, go yeah. take a nap. Trust me. I uh, On Saturday, I went to my parents' house, ate something at like 4, so I wasn't really hungry, yeah. and I was sitting there, and I was just kind of I was watching games and stuff like that, and I was sipping on some, uh, it might have been Three Birds at the time, uh, and uh, I ended up saying, you know what? It's ten o'clock. I'm still, yeah. I'm kind of hungry now. So I ended up popping in like twenty Totino's pizza rolls. And once they were done, uh, I put them, you know, I let them dry or not dry. I let them cool down, yeah. and then I ate them in bed. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's living the dream. Oh, it was a, it was a great night. I'm not gonna lie. Alrighty, number uh, seven or excuse me, eight here. Okay. It's titled Cheap Meats. So Slim Jims and beef jerky and stuff like that. I've never really been a, a jerky guy or Slim Jim guy. It's just like I, I've had it before. I mean, like I wouldn't like not eat it if somebody made me or put it in front of me. But it's not something I seek out. It's certainly not. Right, and it's kind of weird though. It's like it's I, I don't it's, I don't think that's better than Taco Bell and stuff. I mean, I mean beef jerky is good, yeah. but I eat it like once a year. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not it doesn't enter my stratosphere very often. Yeah, I don't go to 7-Eleven to get a Slim Jim. No. Uh, anyways, so the next one is Pillsbury Cinnamon Rolls. Oh, classic, classic. Money. I mean, there Everyone's was definitely... fighting over the middle one. Oh, yeah. There was definitely a few like years of my life in school where my dad would just pop in those uh, cinnamon rolls every morning for breakfast, and I would just... Wow. I would eat like three of them and like with breakfast. a whole big bowl of cereal and then, you know, be just slow. No wonder I'm falling asleep in first period or whatever. <laughs> they had like, and then the best part about the cinnamon, cinnamon rolls was you had your, the, the cream that they gave you was separated out. So you could yeah. do your own cream distribution. So like if there was like, for example, like I have, I have a younger icing. brother. Stop saying, stop saying cream. It's icing. Weird. Whatever, whatever. So I have a younger <laughs> brother, and so if he like slept in or whatever, and I got to go to the cinnamon rolls first, I could just Ooh. put all the icing on mine, and then there's no nice. icing left for him when he gets up. 
So yeah, suck it, Will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the cinnamon rolls. My mom always makes those on Christmas morning. Right. Uh, that was that was Crunch. always the bit. Um, all right. Next one. Marie Callender's frozen pot pies. Okay. I mean, I know what those are. I've maybe had them once or twice in my life. I'm sure oh, they're wow. good. I'm sure they're good. I mean, I like pot pies in general, um, but. I just haven't encountered. I feel like I haven't encountered a pot pie in years. Like yeah, I can't remember the last green pot pie I've had. Yeah, yeah. It's I know. I know our girl Marie or Maria, whatever her name yeah, is. Marie, Marie, um, but not Maria. She's not from West Side yeah, Story. Marie, Marie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've had those before. They are good. They're definitely, certainly not a go-to. Um, but right. I would <laughs> My eat dad the whole used to thing. Love them. Pot pies oh, are, yeah. are great. Well, they're I mean, not that big. They're the, they're, the, they're the size of a of a like a like a snack plate. Yeah, that's <laughs> everything that you big. need. Yeah, they make they're three minutes and you're 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 pot pieing it up. Right. All right, next one, pop tarts. Pop tarts is number six. This is another one. I just was never a big pop tarts guy. Um, I know they're good. I know everybody swears by them, but they're, oh, yeah. they're just never been my thing. I love my favorite is the underrated chocolate chip pop tarts. Okay, okay. Because because everyone's like, oh, let me get that fudge one. Like I don't want a pop tart that's just chocolate. See, to I me, like the pop tarts are like eating cardboard. Like they're just there's really not a lot there. <laughs> I mean, it's like I'm eating a piece of cardboard, and there's so much better breakfast options that, like, Pop-Tarts, oh, yeah. uh, Pop-Tarts, they well, Pop-Tarts, let's I mean, be they, honest, they, why do we all pretend like Pop-Tarts are good? They suck. <laughs> hey, the chocolate chip ones, man. I don't know what kind of chemicals they put in those damn things, but those things, right. I'd die over those things. Those things are damn good. The chocolate chip Pop-Tarts, go look at it at your local grocery store. They're probably in the <laughs> back because no one really wants to buy them, yeah. I love them. Next is boxed mac and cheese. Classic. Classic. I mean, so we... Of course, I mean, Kraft is obviously, like, your steady Eddie. Like, it's the one that you go to for so long. But I'll tell you, Auntie Anne's or Auntie Annie's, whatever it is, that mac and cheese is so much better than Kraft. What is it? Is, is Auntie Anne's or, Aunt, or Annie's? Auntie Annie's mac and cheese. Um, wait, hold on it's, a second. It's, it's, it's Auntie Annie's. Annie. Sorry, it's just Annie's. Annie's <laughs> I was going to say, hold on a second. I was like, wait a second. Where are we going here? Because so Annie's. Auntie Anne's is a pencil company. No, I know, I know. So a- Annie's. <laughs> Annie's is the go-to. Um and uh, yeah, I like the the shells and white cheddar, uh, Annie's. Uh-huh. That's that's one of Velveeta. my favorites. But I, I think will this say, is more so like Kraft. I think. I mean, Kraft is solid. Like I would never turn. Kraft is a classic taste. There's nothing better than like that moment where you get to put all the cheese dust in, like when it's all cooked and stuff. Cheese and dust. Like, slather yeah. that up. The sounds that the bowl makes when you slather that up. I think so. Uh, you know, I, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just wild. The, it sounds like a creature. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost. I need to go make a you know, mac. Like when you I'm take like a big spoon and like you've got all the mac and cheese made and stuff, and like you're just kind of like stirring it up. Yeah, it's like yeah. those sounds. It sounds like yeah. there's like oh, a like a like a, like a like a monster from uh, Stranger like, Things or something. Yeah, a lot of like sloshing around, but it's good. All right, next one. <laughs> got it. <laughs> Number three, Kraft singles. Okay, so just like the piece of cheese. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing, America? What are we? Are we talking hey, about <laughs> hey, d- don't knock it till you try it, man. If you I mean, yeah. you you open one of those those artificial cheeses up, man, those are that's a good square. Well, the best thing you do is you you get a paper plate, you put a bunch of chips on it, and then you get those craft singles and you lay them on top, and then you stick it in the microwave for like fifteen <laughs> seconds. You got your own little nachos. <laughs> That's trash. Never, never seen that trailer trash thing. Like oh my god! Usually, <laughs> oh my god! Usually, I just do the sprinkle cheese on that, but okay, that's a different one. <laughs> By the way, you know who has very good underrated nachos? Hard Rock Cafe. We were just there on Sunday because we were downtown. And, I mean, like, it's a trashy, like, 
like uh, tourist type thing to go to a Hard Rock Cafe. Like who the hell goes to those anymore? But <laughs> yeah, I'll tell like you, like a rainforest cafe. Exactly. But like I'll tell you, their nachos—they have a nacho plate that is like ridiculously good. So underrated tip there. Margarita Margaritaville. If you ever go to Vegas, Margaritaville has the tower, the 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 thing, the towering. Oh, nachos. like the trash can nachos, where it's like it's like yep. a ta- Yeah, I got you. Okay. Well, I don't know. Why, uh, I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, number two, ramen noodles. All right. Yeah. Last year. Or 2020, I can't remember which. I went through a big ramen noodle kick when I was, like, working from home every day. And my my routine was I had ramen noodles and then, like, a PB&J, like, every day for, like, a couple (laughs) months. Uh, And then eventually I was like, all right, I got to eat something else. (laughs) Like, But I will say, I mean, ramen noodles. And so my bit was um, I would warm up the water on the stovetop. You put the water in, uh, like, a pan. You warm it up on the stovetop. I mean, I'm sure everybody does it this way, but... uh, stove top and then you pour it in there and then you leave the fork on top of it to keep it enclosed and then you got to give it the, the big key is you got to give it enough time to really sink in there and get those noodles nice uh and not hard <laughs> so you gotta the liquid's gotta seep in there i guess is what i'm trying to say <laughs> the liquid's you know gotta I mean. seep you know what i mean oh, with ramen well, well here's the funny thing is ramen i never had it until i moved into here and i was like I felt like, man, I wrote that huge check to buy this place. Now I have to <laughs> go cheap on everything. I ended up going to Lidl, and I got like two ginormous boxes right. of the ramen noodles, and I never, I never had them before. And I was like, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to heat up the stove. So I ended up getting like a Pyrex bowl, and I put them in the Pyrex bowl, and I broke them all up, wow. and I put them in the microwave. And I had to Google because it doesn't have the directions on there. I had right. to Google how long you put it in the microwave for. And uh, Man, this is just unbelievable. Like I've it, never heard this. You want to talk about you want to talk about trailer trash? Yeah, I was about put, to say put ramen noodles in a pyrex. The whole bowl, thing is you can't put. I mean, the, they always say like you can't put the actual ramen cup in the microwave because it will like explode. Oh, I'm talking about like the 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 instant ramen, like the square. Oh wow! So you went real cheap. Like you went. <laughs> they were like it was like six dollars for like what twenty. They hand out thing. at the. At the goodwill, <laughs> they do. <laughs> well, then then I realized I was like, man, what am I doing? And I just I still yeah. have a box of it from a year and a half ago. There you go. All right, but Emergency. that was uh, pretty bad. So number one, do you have any guesses for trashy food? I mean, we're talking about just like slices of cheese and like ramen. I mean, we've got a, a wide variety: Taco Bell all the way to Kraft Singles. Yeah, this is. I mean, I, that's that's why I don't. I, I have no All idea right. where this is going to go. Uh, hit me. What is it? Gas station hot food. Oh, okay. okay. So you're talking about taquitos. You're talking about hot right. dogs. You're talking about the pizza, the gross hamburger, and, and chicken sandwich that have been in that, that microwave or that little hot box thing for like, you know, in a, little, in a whatever wrapper for, you know, three days. A long time. A long time. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I stooped that low on one of the broadcasting trips. I ended up getting a hamburger from there. <laughs> And wow. I got some other some some taquitos like that. Taquitos never that bad, except for like the ones that like are really hard. Uh, right. But then you have the hamburger in there. If you look at the packaging, like it says, like the calorie count is like nine hundred or something like that. You're just like, this is a, a hamburger from Seven Eleven, and I can go get a Wendy's Baconator made fresh for, like three uh, bucks. <laughs> for, for, for for a lot cheaper and a lot less calories than nine hundred calories. Yeah, I think. I've done the I've done the the bit the Seven Eleven bit with the hot food like like once when I was in I was in Chicago on a work trip once and like I a night of drinking of course and then like right. late at night the only place like there wasn't really anything open and then we went to a 7-Eleven and I had like a little pizza like a couple slices of pizza but while I was at 7-Eleven I saw something I'd never seen before the guy 
in the 7-Eleven made uh asked for the worker to warm up like he had like a bun like a sticky bun or hot bun and he had like slices of cheese and he had the worker put the cheese on the sticky bun and put it in the microwave warm it up and then give it back to him i'd never seen that before it was unbelievable that's odd talking about trashy that guy won the olympics of trash a (laughs) sticky bun with cheese on it yeah it was unbelievable that's i mean mean, plus i was like you know drunk so i was just like what is happening right now this is unbelievable um (laughs) but yeah i get it i mean seven the 7-eleven stuff it's like you know it's there for you in a pinch if you're desperate it's definitely not something – it's one of those things you get maybe like once every 10 years or something. Like it's not when something you're, you When you're sitting there, they, they, they put a freaking hot dog on a roller, and it's been there for seven hours. No, it's, like, it's gray. It's like a broomstick. It's, yeah. it's so Speaking hard. Hot dogs. Do you remember the greatest hot dog place ever, Joe's Hot Dogs in Herndon? Do you remember that from like 20 years ago? Uh, nope. Nope. All right. Well, they used to <laughs> – the best part of the <laughs> opening day for Little League was Joe's Hot Dogs had a stand there, and all the kids that were playing Little League got a free hot dog, and it was really my life. Maybe that's why they're out of business. Yeah, yeah, they were like, we got, we gave, we gave rid of everything. <laughs> like we have nothing left. We got <laughs> shuttered the doors here. <laughs> yeah, the kids, the kids took all the hot dogs. Yeah, but yeah. I, I never really ventured out to Herndon. I, I'm out here now, but I, I never it's really ventured out. It's understandable. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate you bringing that list, and those are the types of things we're gonna, be, the conversations we're gonna be having in the off season starting next. Next month, a lot of food talk for sure. Getting back to our roots, oh, yeah. uh, we back to the roots. <laughs> back to the roots. We do got to talk a little caps here. The Washington cap. I mean, obviously, you know, there's only so much to say. I mean, we talked about it earlier about how like heartbreaking the series was and things like that, and like you know, the the, the people that and there was like that whole tweet and we, we talked about it. I think last week, you, me, and Dan was that was going around is like somebody. I think Mike Wise. Had tweeted about like yep. this this being like a sign of affecting you know, Ovi's legacy and stuff and all that stuff. It's just such a I mean such a terrible take. Um, but I will say it has been. You win a cup in in eighteen, and obviously you can live off that for a long time. But these teams that this that have made the playoffs since that cup have had opportunities to possibly make runs in the postseason and things like that. And you're just seeing first-round exit after first-round reg- exit. It reminds you of the pre-2018 days, you know? And, like, right. uh, this this one especially hurt because, like we were saying when you did the recaps, it's like multiple games having leads. I mean, what was it, three games in a row where we had leads and blew the leads? But the worst one, of course, the one that will should go down in Caps lore is the three out nothing lead, uh, lead in game five that that got erased in the second yeah. period? Because um, that one, I thought the game was in the bag. Like I was already counting my money from the bets I had placed about the Caps <laughs> winning the series and the series going seven. Like I was ready to go. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna get a, like three hundred dollars from these bets. This is gonna be awesome. And it didn't happen. They they blew the lead. They blew the lead the next game and the game before that. And it's just it, it was a rough series as a Caps fan to go through. Not only the heartbreak of losing. But the heartbreak of losing in those fashions. I mean, that, that right, was a rough part. Right, and and that's I think that's the biggest thing is now when you look back at the previous last couple of years or so. Uh, two years ago, I can't really remember who we got eliminated by. I think for some reason, I think we got out of. I'm trying to th- no, that was the Reardon years. So they had Trots, Reardon, Reardon, and now Lob Lob. So it's been four years now uh, since the uh, since the Cup win. Yeah, uh, the Isles eliminated us in 2020. Was that a was that a uh, a second round series? No, it was a first round series. I don't know. 
I don't know. I think it was a first round series. So yeah, so basically you're looking at it and uh last year I kind of just discredit that because the Boston Bruins have a good team. They also right. made a trade uh in the middle of the season for Taylor Hall and stuff like that. So they had two of the top lines in all of hockey. So last year it, it's kind of hard. It's kind of it's similar to the years that we played the Pens. And everyone was just up in arms because two of the best teams in the NHL are playing each other so early in the playoffs. And you're just like, why are we watching this? And all of a sudden you see the Canadians. Like I said, last year, last year you have to throw it out the window because of the sole fact that the Canadians who made it and I knew were going to get blown out. And I even called it. I said they were going to lose in five. And they did. I believe in five, five or four or something like that. I think it was it, five. It, yeah. you, you have to go out there and say last year is kind of a fluke because – the Metro Division was so good last year. You know, you got the Pens, you got the Bruins, you got the Rangers, you got the Caps. But then you look, oh, all the Canadian teams are playing each other. And then Montreal somehow beats Edmonton, who is in the second round this year, and Toronto, who arguably uh, had a chance to, to move on this year as well. But they're, they're choke artists as well. Because, I mean, I think they've lost in the first round five the past five years, something like that. It's crazy. So I, I just look at it this way and say last year was kind of a fluke. Isles year, you know, they had a really good season that year. I think it was the first year in a trot, so they basically had the whole entire, you know, uh, comeback train or whatever when Trotz was coming to play us and whatnot or whatever. I, I just think that overall, th- this team, and I've said it multiple times, this team is starting to look their age. Now, right. I'm not saying that this team is terrible. I'm not saying this team is mediocre, not even average. I think this team is good. I think it's a really good team. Mm-hmm. Goaltending was good enough to win games, I would say, for the most part. I did see some tweets that said, oh, Samsonov lost us that game. I don't think he lost us a game. I think a lot of – I think he – at least in the last two games, he was hung out to dry a lot. Yeah. And um, and I think Carlson – I even said it on Twitter. Carlson had a terrible uh, game in game four, I believe it was. Um, actually, or it might have been game five, I believe, actually. Uh, and you know you can't go out there and make those mistakes when you're one of the best defensemen in all of the United States. Uh, you know, and I say the United States because he plays for USA, but I would say he's a top, probably a top ten to twelve defender in the entire NHL. So you're looking at it and saying you can't go out there and make those mistakes, especially when you have a rookie in Martin Ferravari next to you and you're leaning on him to make the right decisions. It's like you shouldn't be having that. He should be making those mistakes, and then you should be making the right decisions. Right. So I called out John Carlson. I think he he had a really bad series. But overall, just like you mentioned, we lost the lead in three of those games. And I even said it to myself the other day. One thing that – Every single analyst says for the playoffs is you have to score the dirty goals. You have to get in there. You have to, you know, uh, get in the, the goalie's head. You have to go in there and, you know, give him a whitewash every now and then and, and, and start some scuffles. You have to make sure you get those dirty goals. We got so many dirty goals, you know, again, not dirty in the sense of like bad, like illegal, but I'm saying dirty in the sense of getting your hands dirty. Like getting in the crease, pushing guys around, different things like that, and this is all without Tom Wilson. So T.J. Oshie had a lot of those goals. T.J. Oshie was in the crease a bunch of times. T.J. Oshie had a great series. Uh, you know, we had some breakaways, we had some chances where we connected for those dirty goals, those those, those hard hat, put your hard hat on goals, get in the crease and, and and move some people around. But the problem is we didn't have those goals. Like we had, you know, everyone kept saying the power play was doing well, the power play was doing well. I don't even think the power play was that well. 
Because, yeah, okay, we, 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 what, scored five out of the first 20 power plays or something like that? Great, 25%. But this power play was not that good. Because I saw still a lot of, of I mean, they did make a change, I think, in the fourth game or something like that. I mean, the problem was they kept trying to, to you know, and I, and I hate this to, to, to no end, where they do the little, like, loop-to-loop skating in the defensive zone trying to, like, get momentum, and then they try to, like, somehow break through the defense like you're breaking through a wall, and all of a sudden, you know, they lose possession. They just dump it down the ice, and they do the same thing over again for the next 15, 20 seconds. It's like, I hate that. I hate that. I mean, you have to go in there and just dump it in and try to go fight for it. You have an extra guy for a reason. So put that guy down there trying to get there underneath the goal line. It just it made no sense because the sole fact that the power play wasn't that good. We played well enough. We got those dirty goals. It feels like this season was different. as It was a different first-round exit because of what they did specifically when it comes to what you need to get done in the playoffs, which I said. We did this year the dirty goal aspect. We pushed people around. We scuffled a little bit. We tried to get in Bobrovsky's head. All these different things. But we didn't connect on the actual scoring, which we have in the past. Yeah. You know, in the past, they always used to say, man, like Alan May used to say it all the time. They need to get down the, you know, down the dirt. They need to make sure they're doing all these different things down the crease and, you know, put some shots on net and try to get some rebounds or whatever. We did that this year. But in years past, we didn't. But in years past, we were shooting, you know, slappers and wristers from the blue line, different things like that. And we were making them for the most part, I should say. But those years, we weren't getting those down and dirty goals. And that's why they kept saying those year in and year out. But now, it feels like the flip, the, the script was flipped to the point where we did one aspect and we didn't get enough of the other aspect. Ovi only scoring one goal in five games, or excuse me, six games, isn't good enough. Especially his one goal was a wide-open slapper, so yeah. that didn't really even count for the most part. I just think that we didn't get enough from our stars when i talk about stars i mean about john carlson alex ovechkin even though alex ovechkin did set the tone he did he did play well but i don't think he played well enough in the goal scoring aspect with one goal in six games when you needed him the most now bobrovsky we've done well against him in the playoffs but i don't think he's some world beater i don't think he's a vesna trophy winner so it's like i just think that they kind of lacked in, in, in that aspect and you know, honestly, the defense faltered late. I mean, that's just how it is. When you have a three-goal lead midway through the game, pretty much, you got to hold that lead. And, you know, when you have leads in all the last three games, I mean, we should have won that series. That's just all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, we absolutely should have. And there's going to be a lot of decisions to make here in this offseason. One of the biggest ones is uh, who is going to be in net next year. You obviously have the ability to bring back Vanacek and bring back Samsonov. They're both restricted free agents, so you can, you know, kind of, uh, pull that off. Uh, and McClellan was asked if Brian McClellan was asked about that. And he did kind of say that there is a chance that they bring back both those goalies next year for the third consecutive season, or they may have to take a look around. I mean, the free agency, unfortunately is not super filled with talent. I mean, you've got guys like Mark Andre Fleury, of course, who, uh, screwed us over the last, you know, the, the, the uh, at the deadline. Um, and you know, there's, there's a few others out there like Halak, uh, Martin Jones, Jack Campbell, Thomas Grice, former Detroit Red Wing. I mean, well, hey, um, hey, look at look at Dallas though. Dallas has right. three goalies right now. Ottinger played really well so far in the in the playoffs. They unfortunately, as my my uh, my dog, they ended up losing in overtime last night to un- almost upset the, the Flames. But they got our boy Braden Holpe. Right. They also got Ben Bishop. Now I'm not sure if Ben Bishop's coming back or not. I'm not exactly sure. But they got three goalies, and Ottinger is going to be their starter most likely next season. So 
if they want to, you know, kick the can down the road on Holpe, and all of a sudden we want to say, hey, come on back, you know, yeah. live out the last few years of uh, of your of your career here and see what you can do. Who knows? Yeah. No. And then, you know, there is this idea of this team probably needing to get younger. Um, this is aside from from talking about bringing Hopi back, obviously, but uh, in general, the team possibly needing to get young, younger in a lot of different areas. And so we'll we'll kind of see what McClellan and the Caps do here. I mean. There's definitely some big decisions to make. There's some guys that are getting up there in age, continue to get up there in age that, you know, like how long is Backstrom going to be on this team? You know, like how uh, th- those types of guys where maybe you need to. Uh, but I've always felt like the Caps work best when they have a good mix of vets and young talent. I mean, that's the right. key. It's like you can't get too young. This isn't a rebuild at this point. It's more of a retool, as they say. Um, yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see what this well, is. I mean, because they got, they got Backstrom and Ovi for pretty much the rest of their careers. And the biggest thing is, I think personally, is the age showed because they couldn't hold the lead late. Mm-hmm. Now, is that because of age? You know, it's up to speculation if that's what you think. I kind of think it was that um, because in previous years, you know, they, they could hold that lead. They could come back from behind. They could do right. those different types of things. I didn't think when they were down, you know, three, four, or whatever it was in game five, that they could come back. I just didn't have that feeling. You know, when we were dominated in game four at home, I didn't have that feeling. I mean, they, they shot 16 shots. I think they had two shots or something like that in the second period. I mean, that is that is something that's a little bit troublesome because, like you said, they need to get younger. They do have some young pieces in the minors. Uh, Martin Fervari obviously got a season under his belt. Mike Michael got a season under his belt. You know, we got some guys that, that got some experience, but that's not going to, you know, that's not going to cut it. You got to mm-hmm. get younger. You got to you got to make moves. You got to figure out what you're going to do. Now, I'm not saying make moves in the sense of you got to make, you know, trades and all this kind of stuff because I think the more you trade, the more assets you lose because we're not si- sitting here looking at our farm system and saying, "Oh man, this this a the Bears and Hershey are, are stacked. Like we can just plug and play anybody." I just think that the moves they got to make or they got to start sliding in some of these some of these young guns that we've been drafting over the years and see what they can do because right now the age is starting to show like I said late in games where a team that has the firepower of the Panthers kind of easily did work with us in the last what you know 30 minutes of the games uh, so that was unfortunate we got to play a full 60 minutes and I'm not exactly sure not exactly confident that this team can do that in the playoffs Let's head up the final lap, a chance to cover some big stories in sports other than D.C. 90 seconds on the clock. Here we go. We will start with the NBA, Mike, as Luka Doncic takes down the Suns in Game 7, a blowout win over the Suns, and then the Celts also able to beat the Bucks in their Game 7. It was insane. I was watching the Penns Rangers game, and then all of a sudden my co-teacher texted me and said, man, Luka is taking off. And I was like, wait, what? And I looked at the score, 42-point lead. I was like, uh, wait, what What just happened? I mean, I the Suns, what, 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 what a collapse they had last I'd couple I'd love years. to see it. I'm not a big Devin Booker fan. Uh, Albert Pujols makes his first career pitching appearance the other day for the Cards, Mike. Looking like you out on the mound. <laughs> Didn't know that. Hey, I would love for, uh, to look like him and actually hit, hit over 500 home runs. That would be nice. <laughs> The Reds, the Cincinnati Reds, threw a no-hitter and lost the game. Nothing nothing better than that, Mike. <laughs> uh, I, is the, the Reds and the Pirates just going to keep playing each other? I think so. Like, I think that, that's they've the had like four series the in the last like three weeks. I don't understand it. The New York Rangers rally from 3-1 series deficit to win Game 7 in overtime. Kind of a wild series. It shows you sometimes these hockey, these NHL playoffs, man, they go all over the place. 
Well, honestly, I think the Pens were the exact same thing that the Caps did because the Pens did the exact same thing where they had leads in almost every single game, and they actually built up leads, you know, pretty much in every single game where they had two goal leads in most of those games. Uh, Crosby not, you know, being there for game six was a detriment. Tristan Jari not being there for the pretty much the entire series was a detriment. Um, but, I mean, the Rangers, I don't think it's a good look. I think, honestly, when you're playing a third-string goalie that basically was was selling hot dogs at gyms or whatever the right, hot right. dog stand Joe's, was at. Joe's hot dogs. Joe's, sorry. Uh, <laughs> he was, like, selling hot dogs at, 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 at Joe's. Uh, you know, that, that's the funny thing is like Domingue came in there and actually did work for him. They gave him a chance to win. And it, it, the best part about it was like the Rangers just, I mean, they, they couldn't score on him for half the time. Yeah. I mean, they'd have a really great period and they would just have a dud. Uh, I lost a lot of money on the Rangers. I, I wouldn't say a lot, but I saw I lost money on the Rangers because I bet on them a lot because I didn't trust Domingue. But of course, they come out in game seven in overtime. Of and overtime. I, I do like their cheer at, at MSG when they're doing the stupid song, whatever that is. Yeah. I think it's a pretty cool cheer, but it, I just don't like the Rangers, so it annoys me also. So it's kind of like one of those double-edged swords. And then, of course, <laughs> Caps don't always love the Pens, so it's kind of nice to see the Pens yeah. lose. But also, the Rangers are annoying, too, so it's like take your pick your poison, really. Yeah. Um, all right, let's head up the trivia here. A chance to provide the folks at home with a dc sports or uh and a detroit sports trivia question um just because we happen to own the same game and and both uh teams both both cities whatever yep, yep, um yep. i'll let you go first this time i feel like i've been going first lately Alrighty, so we're going to provide the fans with a great question i had some questions but i knew that you were not going to get the answer for them so i ended up saying you know what i'll uh, i'll switch it up here okay all Thank right you. Keep in so mind, I'm, gonna... I'm playing injured right now. My, my my brain is a foggy mess, but I'll do my okay. best. All righty. So I don't know why this game has so many questions that are like in the 60s. Like, okay, right. let's, let's be honest. Right. Who's buying this game? Like you know, Uncle Sam? Um, so <laughs> all right, here we go. Nat's question on deck. How many innings did the Nats and Giants play in game two of the 2014 NLDS, Ooh. a game that lasted in MLB postseason record six hours and 23 minutes i was at this game first four seats behind the dugout <laughs> right i'm Still going to, i was on tv multiple times i remember that i, re I remember sending you pics of, of you i remember there's one like with you holding a towel on your head while you're like like in frustration like with your hat yep. and stuff you're yep like, oh, there it is God. i'm gonna go 16 innings am i wrong yes is it like 15 do you remember when they said that they played two full games. Oh, well, yeah, but uh, that's interesting because I, I went to a – that must have been the po longest postseason game for the Nats because I went to the longest regular season game for the Nats, which was, I think, 18 innings uh, in the regular season. Okay, so it was 18. It I was 18, yeah. They ended up losing, I believe it was 2-1. to one. Jordan Zimmerman threw an a, a, a unbelievable gem all the way into the ninth inning. And then Brandon Belt, I believe, yeah, that's scored. The, he was a Nat killer. Brandon Belt would yeah. always hit bombs in the playoffs against the Nats. Yeah, he's like a giraffe. He has like the longest neck, and yeah. he's so like tall and skinny, and he holds the bat like Brady Anderson did back in the right. day for the O's. It's just annoying. It's crazy that some of those Giants guys are still around. I mean, like Brandon Crawford's still their everyday starting shortstop. That guy's <laughs> been playing for like 20 years, and he looks <laughs> the exact same as he always has. It's nuts. Uh, my question for you, Mike. In his first season in Detroit, what goalie went fifty? Uh, sorry, went forty-one and fifteen and helped the Red Wings win the President's Trophy. This is within the last, like, you know, thirty years. 
Ah, that's good range. First season like in Detroit, their goalie went 41-15 and 15 and helped the Red Wings win the President's Trophy. Uh, uh, maybe maybe I'll pinpoint the year for you. Uh, let's see. Because it's not on the card. Um, well, think. it wasn't uh, 1940. I'll tell you that. Um, let's see. Just type in uh, Red Wings President's Trophy. Just, just, just let me let me have my system here. All right, okay. I'll, I'll figure this out. Uh, Gosh, I'm trying to think of Red Wings. Two thousand and one. Oh, yes, it's two thousand one. It's a famous name though, like for a goalie, like you know the. Give name. me, give me the initials. D H. We stumped the Schwab, everybody. <laughs> I used to love that show. Yeah. Dominic Hasek. How is that a famous name? Dominic yeah, Hasek Dom- was like Dominic Hasek? Yeah, he was Stanley Cup champ. I mean, he... Uh, hey, he dude, was, I, <laughs> I was 10. Come on. You, you got to know Dominic Hasek. He's in the Hockey Hall of Fame, 2014. <laughs> I don't even know where the Hockey Hall of Fame is located. Wow. Wow. Disrespectful to my guy. Where's, lo- where's it located? Detroit? Dom. Dom. No, no, no. Uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. I think it's in Canada. I feel like it's in Toronto. Ah, oh, well, that doesn't count. Doesn't, um, it's not here. It doesn't count. Well, okay. I'll let the, the wonderful people of Toronto know. <laughs> Let's hit up the money line. Speaking of just garbage, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, just man. terrible records. I You're mean, having just, some rough times, bud. I mean, it's just the worst thing in the world. I don't know if you. I mean, if you're dumb enough to take my picks, I don't know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> all right, my picks this week. Uh, what happened to the fade part, man? You, th- you said you were gonna fade. Yeah, I'll. Yeah, whatever. My lock, <laughs> Warriors minus five and a half against the Mavs. It's, it's gonna go. I mean, the Mavs are gonna beat them by thirty. And then uh, my dog. I actually like this pick. I like the Celtics plus two against the Heat. The Celtics are pretty hot right now. Uh, I do like that one, so I'm gonna take the Celtics against the Heat. Oh, boy. Uh, so I'm going to go with my lock. Over six and a half goals, Tampa and Florida, game one. Uh, Braden Point is not playing for Tampa, so that might hurt Tampa's all-around uh, game in general. So I still think the six and a half is going to hit over the six and a half. I've been hitting overs left and right in the playoffs, and I think this one's going to hit. I think Florida kind of got that monkey off their back against the Caps, and Tampa, long series against Toronto, uh, and I think that Florida might be a little bit easier for them uh, personally. But I think over six and a half, I think it might be like a 4-3 game, 5-3, something of that nature. My dog, I'm going with the Dallas Mavericks, uh, plus five and a half. So I might gain a game on you. You might gain a game on me. I'm taking the, the Mavs plus five and a half uh, versus the Warriors, mainly because of the sole fact that, not because of Dinwiddie. Don't look at Dinwiddie, but I'm looking at Luka Doncic now. You know I've been a Lucas, uh, not Lucas, a Luca Homer for years now. Sure, I've I've said Luca is top five player for years, uh, and and he's just a monster. Thirty five and ten in thirty minutes last night to blow out the number one seeded Suns. I just think that right now they're a, I don't I wouldn't say a team of destiny, but I see I think they're a team that's on a mission. And I think right now the Warriors, yes, the Warriors are the Warriors. I just don't think that the Warriors are the team that everyone thinks they are. I think they're, I think they're a little bit overrated, uh, and I think some of the books might think that too because right now five and a half is not that many points. 
Uh, but I'm going to go plus five and a half for the Dallas Mavericks for the Dogs. Yeah, I think the Mavs win the series, but I think Warriors win game one. That's that's my thinking. I could there. see it. could see um, it. That is our Moneyline Picks, sponsored by DraftKings. Please bet responsibly. Uh, that about does it for episode 112. Again, I remind you, uh, this Wednesday will be the first episode of the new season of Bird's Eye View. You can check it out on our podcast feed as well as Bird's Eye View podcast. If you just search for that in your podcast place. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16. And follow the TikTok, D- DC Crossover Podcast on TikTok. Um, oh, yeah. Mike's got the party going out on TikTok. He does all these dances and stuff. It's really a sight to see. So be sure to follow the show on there. Uh, besides that, people, we <laughs> didn't know see. I published those yet. Yeah, yeah. Those a lot of those are in the drafts still, but he sends them my way, and I'm always like, "Come on, man, you got to post that. That that you got some moves, man." Uh, that about <laughs> does it for episode 112. We will see you next week. This has been another episode of the DC Crossover.